But look, welcome in to this episode. I cannot share with you enough the excitement that it, it brings to me to bring you this episode today. This is our very first live episode on an Overstanding Word podcast, and I'm your host, Nakia. And I have the distinct pleasure today to bring on not one, not two, but three doctors who are so instrumental in doing the works and deeds of love in these days and times that we are in today. And so it is my pleasure to host and have them on this platform. And I told you that season two was really going to truly come in with the bang. So I am super excited about the conversation today. Look, if you have joined in, no matter where you are in the world and you're listening to this, this is truly going to be a transformative conversation as we dive into what we want to get into into today's episode. Now, the title of this episode of this community conversation is around faith, righteousness, and the times that we are in. So as we get ready to move forward into these new days and times, this conversation is truly going to help us talk about solutions for the people as we continue to navigate a tumultuous time. Now, as you look around, you can see clearly that there's some things that are going on in the land. We will talk a little bit about that. We will touch on all kinds of subjects and topics today. Today, this conversation is truly about you all as the people. Now, again, my distinguished guests, and I can't do any service or any justice to their names because their names and their deeds and their works speak for themselves. Today, I've got Dr. Giselle Miller joining us again from the St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And oh my goodness, she's going to tell us a little bit later on about, you know, all the things that have transpired in our life and how things are going as she has navigated through these times since our last conversation. I also have the distinct pleasure of hosting Dr. Thomas Jackson, who I consider him to be the guy who helped usher in the lost sheep. And when I say the lost sheep, I'm talking about myself. I am talking about the times that I went through and where God truly found me. And so he helped me to truly understand from a perspective of scriptures what it means to truly understand the scriptures. Now, here on an Overstanding Word podcast, that's what we focus on. We talk about reading that scripture and truly trying to understand how to apply that today, to apply it in your journey, in your walk as you step out on faith today. And so as we get ready to enter this conversation, we'll also have another doctor, and I call him a dear friend and brother as well, Dr. Thomas Richburg, who comes to us by way of Phoenix, Arizona. And we will dive into this conversation and talk a little bit about the journey that him and I have been allowed to take together in the recent few months since we met each other and came across each other's path. Now, I think we can all agree that we are truly in a season. And as we talked about in season one, season one was a place that took us on a journey to get us to where we are today. And if you've listened to the first two episodes of an Overstanding Word podcast, then you truly understand that we are in a season where the blessings are getting ready to come, a season of what we call increase. And that is what my hope is for this conversation and dialogue as these doctors join me on this platform today. 
Again, I'm so honored and so blessed. I can't even speak to how blessed I am to be able to host and to have these three individuals to join me as a part of this community conversation. So before we dive into that, I would like to, as we begin with on our episodes of an Overstanding Word podcast, to start with a word of prayer. I know that it is prayer that leads to a relationship and a relationship that leads to a change of heart. And so this conversation today is going to be exactly about that. Every single bit and piece of this conversation will be focused on the heart. What is it that's going on in the heart? Because if we can change the heart through the mind and through the soul, then we can truly have a conversation that is worthy of praise and honor of the one who allowed it to be possible. So as we dive in, I would like to start with the word of prayer and then we'll jump in and and dump right into our conversations today. All right. So please join me if you are a praying person, uh, you know, please, you know, go into that peaceful manner that you go into when you get ready to pray. Uh, If you are not a person that prayers, then just reflect, just meditate on the words that are going to be said and just, you know, meditate on where you've come so far in your journey. So let's enter into prayer. Father, we are so thankful that you've allowed possible this time together, that every single person that is listening to this broadcast, whether that be live or whether that be after this broadcast has taken place, would be changed in their heart, that their hearts would be brought closer to the one who allows for the heart to be created in the first place, that as we continue this conversation, that it will be glorious unto the one who created us. That he would receive all the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praises for everything he allows to be possible. For the scripture declares that where two or three are gathered, he is present. And Lord, we ask that your presence just fill this audience today. That Lord, they would see you in their daily journey, in their daily walk. That they would be changed to walk by faith, knowing that they are a chosen people chosen by you. Knowing that if they walk in righteousness, that they shall inherit the land and the benefits thereof. Lord, we are truly in times where we can only depend on you, Lord, because you have shown us what takes place when we don't depend on you. And Lord, we ask that you purify and cleanse our hearts, our minds and our souls to allow them to receive what you are getting ready to do tonight. Lord, we thank you. For this day and this journey. Amen. So what I would like to do at this point. Is I want to bring up our distinguished guest. And I want to start with Dr. Giselle Miller. Dr. Miller is for most of you know. We've had her on the platform before present. And she has been doing a lot of different work. So I want to bring her on. To allow her to introduce herself. But I feel like it's fitting if I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves that I will also give an example of, you know, me introducing myself. I know a lot of you that have listened, you've heard a little bit of my heart through the journey we've taken in the scriptures. But I want you to get an understanding of a little bit of where I've I've come from. So I grew up, most of you that, that may know me from my childhood, I grew up in this really small town of Nashville, Arkansas. Population of about 5,000. That's if you include all the cows and the dogs and the chickens and all of those things. Um, And I grew up in a town that was mostly divided amongst those racial lines. 
And, you know, I didn't know what that was back in the day. I didn't know what that term even meant because I grew up under the principle of love. See, we were so poor that I didn't have running water to about the age of seven or so. And in those times, the thing that I was abundantly blessed with was love. And so, you know, I look back on those times and I say, man, I was rich. I'm filthy rich in that essence, that thing that's given from the creator of love. And a lot of people ask me the question, well, how do you identify yourself? Well, how do I identify myself? I identify myself with the human family. First off, I believe and know that I am a creation of the most high creator who breathed his revelation into me just as he did with all human beings. And so under that principle of being a human being, that is where I classify myself. I try not to divide myself into any other things that this world is telling you of who you are. See, we're truly in a time that I consider to be an identity crisis. And being in those times, a lot of people don't know who and how to identify themselves. They don't know who they are and how to truly identify themselves. And so that's what I identify myself with the human family. I associate myself with love. I believe that love is the essence of humanity. And I believe that this is one of the widely lost facts that has found us in the social conditions that we're in today. And so I try to operate under that principle of love, knowing that when you give love away, that truly brings you to your purpose. That is how I feel about everyone that I see. Those that are around me in my immediate family and those who I see outwardly in the community, I try to treat them how they should be treated. That is, you know, a part of what they call the golden rule or a part of what Yahashua or the one we call Jesus in the Western society. That is what he spoke. He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. And so that's the goal. That is my goal. That's that's a little bit of who I am. So let me bring up Dr. Miller. I want Dr. Miller to be the first person to introduce herself since she I think she's the only one out of everyone that uh, that's on this broadcast, you know, that I haven't had the opportunity to really just stay in touch with. But I feel like we're always connected every time we have a conversation. So with that being said, Dr. Miller is up. So Dr. Miller, tell our listeners what you want them to know about you. Greetings, everyone. It's a pleasure to be on this platform again. Thank you, Nikia, so much for this invitation. I am from the beautiful country of St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the Eastern Caribbean. Um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines is a small island, as we are called, and it is roughly, we have roughly about 110,000 persons. We have over 32 or 35 small islands in the Grenadines, but nine are inhabited. Um, I always tend to describe myself first and foremost as a child of the king. And, you know, I speak from a place of royalty because I'm a royal priesthood. And because I identify with Christ, I my belief system my values are very strong as it relates to honoring god through my life and he has called me i feel blessed that he has chosen me to minister in this world as a psychologist as a um a life coach where i focus a lot on post-traumatic growth and helping persons to get back on their feet after they would have experienced something that was very difficult. I am very fun-loving. 
I minister a lot in the church on the worship team. I dance. I feed the homeless. I, you know, I'm the person that believes that adversity has purpose and you have to turn it inside out and make sure that you understand that you may have experienced it but it is for the development of other persons so your testimony is there now to share to help other persons grow and to avoid some of the mistakes that you may have made i am the founder and president of the scotch cancer support foundation now this is a foundation that i started after my parents died from cancer and I realized in my country that there was a, you know, a, a, a real need for persons to have a support system, um, not just the patients, but their families. I, wow, <laughs> I'm a pastor's kid. Well, I was a pastor's kid. So I grew up in church. So I understand what it is to identify as a Christian, as someone set apart but I also understand the concept of love I understand the concept of making impact and I, I basically live my life with that premise that we are to touch someone's life in a positive way and that is one of the things I say um, through my company which is the value experience and you know every day on Facebook if you want to follow me there that's great the Valet Experience, the wellness, um, it's a wellness company and pretty much we focus a lot on encouraging others to do better and to be better. One of the things I always say to my audience is that we have to be the change that we want to see. Too often we point fingers outward, but the transformation starts with us. When we are fully transformed in our hearts and our minds, then we can create a small change that can then create a ripple effect and be the significant change that we want to see. Um, I believe in ownership and responsibility. I believe in integrity and honesty. I, I just want to see persons live the very, very best version of their lives and wherever possible I can help, I always offer as much as I can give in that moment. So I think I'll just stay there for now. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you much so for, that. for that. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so, so many, many nuggets, nuggets to unpack, unpack from that. that. You, you said first, I identify with the royalty. I love that right there. Identify with the royalty. Oh my goodness. When you know who you are and you know the preciousness that the Creator created you in, and you can walk in that example that He gave us of Christ. Oh my goodness. Royalty. You talked about, about adversity. adversity. It has, it a, has purpose. a purpose. See, yeah, see in, every in every opportunity, opportunity there, there is, is an opportunity, opportunity to do, to do something. something. So in every but situation, every circumstance, every circumstance that, comes, that comes, you have, you have to find, find the opportunity, the opportunity that's there. there. So, so again, again, that's, that's, that's oh, my oh my goodness. goodness. So many so nuggets. So thank you so much, and welcome to the platform. I am ready to dive into this conversation. And we will bring all of our guests back up in just a moment. But let, well, me, let go me go ahead and go, ahead and go, go to, to Dr. Dr. Thomas Tom Jackson. So, Dr. Jackson, oh, my goodness, man. I can't say enough about uh, this man here, this servant of God right here. I cannot say enough about this man because this man here has truly, it truly embraced me 
He has shown me love at its highest form through showing me where God was in the scripture. You know, um, I don't know where I would be without this man. So, you know, I, I just want to say, first off, man, I appreciate you, man. And I am glad to have you. Now, for those that don't know anything about you, man, what, what do they need to know about you, Dr. Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think first they need to know that you and I are friends for real. Um, so I appreciate that, man. I'm really happy to be here with you, uh, Brother Nakia. And I do appreciate our friendship. And I'm glad that God has allowed our paths to cross a few years ago. Um, if I was going to tell you a little bit about me, um, being that I am a, a man, a husband, a father, but most of all, I am an image bearer of Yahweh. There's just another way of saying I am a child of God, and I'm proud of that, uh, to be part of his family. I've been in ministry for about 26 years. Um, God has allowed us to see a lot of things, do a lot of things, meet a lot of people. Um, from a training perspective, um, I am a clinical psychologist. I have a PhD in clinical psychology, been doing that for about 25 years. And I'm also trained in bi biblical and theological studies. I have a PhD in biblical and theological studies as well. Uh, as a result of ministry, as a result of my biblical journey, uh, we have recently launched the Jackson Theological Institute. It's a school that offers undergraduate degrees and graduate degrees, both in psychology with four specializations or in biblical and theological studies. Um, you can find that at jtinstitute.org. Um, you'll be able to journey through the website to kind of see what we offer as well there. Um, I like to do a lot of training. I do a lot of curriculum development, but my passion is people. And everything that I've done, God has always put me in front of people or given me exposure to people, given me access to people uh, because my passion, my heart is for people. I want to be able to come alongside when I can and walk with people, uh, meeting people in the context of their crisis and walk them to a place where God would have them to be walking at their pace, not at mine, but at their pace. And hopefully we end up at a happier place. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I've um, been married for 28 years. My wife and I have two grown children, uh, a son that's 27, a daughter that's 24, three grandchildren, and God continues to smile on us. And I'm just happy that I got to participate in this day as well. Man, so powerful, so powerful. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the 26 years of work, man. And, and, mm -hmm taking people in the context of their crisis, but then journeying them to where God would have them be, man. Those powerful words again, like I said, I, you know, I, 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 I am super excited about what God is doing with this conversation and I am ready to definitely dive into this. So again, Dr. Jackson, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this platform with Dr. Mueller and Dr. Richberg as well. So thank you for being here. Absolutely, man. Thank you, sir. All right. And certainly not, Last, uh, not, or not least, but my friend, my dear brother that I call my brother, Dr. Thomas Richburg, who we just met in February, believe it or not. And we have been allowed to take this journey to new heights, to different paradigms and to walk truly in the presence of the Most High Creator. Man, I, I, I can't say enough about this brother here. <laughs> 
So, man, welcome to the platform. I know we've talked about this many times of getting you on and available for the platform, but this is the first official time of, of getting you in the platform itself. So tell the listeners what they need to know about, about who you are. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for uh, that introduction. And I believe just by saying that you're telling the people uh, who I am and that I'm a friend, I'm a brother, and that we explore uh, the creator and all that he has to offer. And uh, just like to say, even on uh, tonight, you know, I was raised up in the South. Um, I came through uh, some times there in the South that was very challenging, but I, I'm still here and we all here uh, to be able to uh, dialogue together on tonight. And most of all, uh, I am a believer I'm a kingdom citizen because I believe that if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, then you would have the Mizra, the government rule of God that rules everything about your life. And I am a very, very strong believer in that because when you begin to understand that you're a kingdom citizen, uh, you will begin to know that every facet of life can come alive no matter what it is because you're a kingdom citizen and you believe in it. And most of all, you know, I love people. Uh, I'm, I'm just really, I, I can't go anywhere. And like I always say, you don't know where you're going to be in the grocery store, <laughs> you know, changing your all, just be nice to people and you never know what's going to happen. And every single time I leave uh, my home in my community and communities around the world, I'm always meeting someone uh, to bring forth uh, the vision that I have to be able to feed the homeless around the world and to be able to empower the world uh, with physical electrical power and also to teach them the principles of God and who he is in all of our lives and how even though people may see my identity uh, as different because we look different, uh, all And that's by mankind's definition. But what I always say is, listen, I can see you. I can see the physical difference, but we are the same because I can't see the indifference because of the kingdom, because we are of our creator and we're here together. And we absolutely, absolutely are doing a good thing. And I'm also uh, bringing honor not only to you, uh, Brother Nakia, but also to uh, Dr. Miller and Dr. Jackson. You know, I just say thank you so much for what you're doing uh, in the globe, around the globe, in your communities and the impact that you're making. And I believe that through this broadcast, we're making an impact together and we're bringing things together and ideas together to say, hey, listen, we're on, we have a common thread, which we are all kingdom kids or kingdom citizens. And we're here to make an impact in the earth, impact the lives of others and show them how it's done by leading the example. And I'm also uh, here locally in Phoenix, uh, Souls of Christ, and you should see it there on your screen, soulsofchrist.com. We're here every single Sunday, uh, and we are, we are definitely really pushing hard on the vision to win souls for Christ and to be wise about doing it. But most of all, to minister to the whole man. You know, we just don't want to just come to the building, but we want to make sure that you're okay uh, in your finances, your health, your relationships, and the whole man 
and the well-being of a person. So thank you so much for allowing me to be on the platform officially on tonight uh, as we have been available to be here. So I appreciate it. Yeah, brothers, I always say, look, the pleasure is always mine because, like I said, you know, to for God to allow for this conversation to be possible, you know, it, it has to truly be a God thing because all of us, you know, the, the, the things that God is allowing to have possible in the land and make possible, all of us together is, man, it is so tremendous. And so I don't take it lightly the responsibility that he's given me and being able to have you all on this platform. So thank you all. Let me bring all of the guests back in as well so that you can see all of us together. And I really want to start the process of diving into a little bit of the questions. And so for this very first question, um, I, I'm going to take it to Dr. Miller. But before we do that, I want to define two of the terms that you see in the title of this uh, particular episode faith and righteousness now you probably have heard of these terms used before you may have used them yourself but what is a working definition well this is what is defined as if we talk about faith Marion webster defines faith as this the first definition is a strong belief or trust in someone or something the second definition is this belief in the existence of god and then it says strong feelings a strong religious feelings or beliefs. And then the last or the third one is this, a system of religious beliefs. Now, for the conversation and what we're talking about today, for me, faith is defined as that very first one, which is that strong belief or trust in someone or something. And for me, that is trust truly in the creator himself. Of allowing this to be possible see the vision that he gave me for this conversation started a while back and truly i said god i don't know how this is going to happen i don't know how this is going to work out all i know is i'm just going to take this next step you telling me to make this step okay i'm going to make this step and lo and behold look what god has allowed to be possible so when i say faith that right there is an example for me of what faith is you're stepping no matter whether you see the steps or not you know, so that's 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 a working definition of of faith and then righteousness. So righteousness as well as defined by Merriam Webster is defined as this first definition says morally good following either religious or moral laws. The second definition is this caused by something you believe in, not morally right or fair. So when I just talked about that whole faith concept and giving you an example of when God said, hey, I want you to get this conversation together. And I'm like, OK, how's this going to happen? You know, you know how we do, right? We ask those questions. We get in the moment and and we're thinking, OK, how's this going to happen? He said, walk in my footsteps, my steps of righteousness. When you walk in those, nothing is impossible for with God, all things are possible. So I wanted to give a working definition. So as we come through this conversation, we'll come back to that as our grounding point as we get ready to dive into some solutions. So that being said, uh, you know, the scripture even declares this. Since this is an overstanding word. I want to go to Romans 8 and 28. And the New Living Translation, it says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And so truly, this conversation today, I'm excited about the purpose of this conversation 
for the people. So Dr. Miller, this very first question goes to you. And you know, with everything that's going on around us, Dr. Miller, there's a pestilence plaguing our land right now, right? Uh, everyone has been impacted in one way or another. Yet, like I said earlier, in every single problem, there's always opportunity. Some have truly found their way in the midst of this pandemic that we're facing right now. They, they've used the opportunities that were there in front of them. And, you know, while others have seemed to be tossed around just like a ship on choppy waters, right? So, Dr. Miller, I caught up on your Vallejo experience and some of the videos and some of the things that you've been doing there on the island of St. Vincent in the beautiful tropics, right? Tell us a little bit about the Vallejo experience and what you've been doing since our last dialogue about healing the divide. Okay, so the Vallejo experience really is a psychological consultancy company. And what we aim to do, we offer psychotherapy, but we also do a lot of seminars and workshops. Um, it's about holistic development. It's about persons understanding their true value. So we focus a lot about on self-development, introspection, self-awareness. Um, and the, the crux of it is to build as well relationship into personal dynamics, group dynamics. Um, so we work a lot with the corporate world as well as churches. We work with different um, groups. And pretty much since the pandemic, we have been really doing a lot as it relates to stress management and helping persons to be able to find their footing because with the pandemic you know quite a few persons have lost their jobs and one of the things about human nature is that we we crave control we crave that whole thing of knowing what is happening next and the one thing with the pandemic is that that took that sense of control from us because you know, it's almost like every other day something new pops up, some variant, something, some new information about the vaccines. We have such a, a divide in my country as it relates to the vaccines that even in the churches, some are saying, do not take the, the vaccine. Some are saying, take the vaccine. And, you know, it's really helping persons to find a balance and to find some logical way of reasoning things out because... We have a lot of conspiracy theories. We have a lot of persons trying to indoctrinate others to think um, along the political lines and all of these different things. So it has been a busy time and most of it has been as it relates to stress management, um, helping persons to remain calm, helping persons to find some sense of normalcy amidst all that is going on. And from a, a spiritual standpoint, one of the things I have always been saying since 2019, when we were really affected, or we began seeing the effect of COVID-19, um, you know, the scripture that came to me is that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And Psalms 91 has really been um, that scripture that resonates a lot so even amidst all of the crisis and all of the panic and the trauma you know it is a reminder to stay close to god it's a reminder to trust when we do not understand where our foot is gonna go and my mind always goes back to that um 
story of Peter walking on the water and the fact that when he stepped out of the boat, you know, it was a matter that his eyes were on God. Not that the waves and the storm was not raging and going on. It was. But the point is his focus was different and we have to tap into that understanding that when we keep our focus on God, amidst everything that is going on, there is a stabilizer. So that's pretty much where we are at in terms of the value experience and what we have been offering. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness. And one and of the things that I love and I appreciate about what I, I, I caught up when I was listening is that it's, you're exactly right. You talk a lot about navigating those waters that we're in. Navigating those waters and ensuring that you keep that focus, right? You mentioned like Peter, right? As long as Peter kept his eyes focused, peeled. Yeah. He stayed, he stayed afloat, afloat. But, as but as soon as he, he allowed for this, for this mess that goes on around us, a little bit of wind to blow across him, and it took his focus off of the, off of the creator, man. It just, oh my goodness, that's that's what we get soaked in. Life tends to happen for us. So, so tell me, based on what you just said, right, and the works and the things that you've been doing, and I've been catching up on, what role does faith have? Oh. Faith is the crux of it all, man. That's, that, that's at the, the heart of it. But I think, you know, sometimes we make faith out to be such an abstract concept that it's something that persons see as something very distant. And I try to keep it as practical and simple for persons as much as possible. I say to persons, you know what? When you walk in the street and you see a car coming and you're on the pedestrian, uh, pedestrian crossing and you're walking in your mind you're saying that car has to stop and in St. Vincent we have road rage I don't know about where you're at but we have road rage and when persons step onto that crossing the pedestrians they're arguing like stop you need to stop whatever and the, the drivers are like honking the horns and I say to them you're thinking to yourself that driver is going to stop and yes, that driver may have all the intention to hit the brake, but what if it doesn't hold? But you have a belief in the fact that this brake is supposed to hold in that moment. And, you know, we put our confidence in a chair to hold us up. We put our confidence in a car. We put our confidence in all of these different things. But what is at the crux of it? The crux of it is that we are actually believing that there is a higher power that is going to make sure that there is a safety that is going to be provided for us in certain difficult times. But when we say faith, persons who are not of the belief system to say that or identify that I'm a Christian, they tend to say, I don't have faith like you do. I say, yeah, but you believe though. There are things that you believe in. There are things that you hold on to. And that's where faith begins where you are believing beyond what you have to control over. Look, Dr. Jack, uh, Dr. Richburg, I know right now you're thinking, you know, a lot of what you speak about all the time, right? But you talk about uh, one identity crisis, which we'll get into that in just a little bit, right? But the focus there of, the, of what faith is, and I love the example that you gave, the analogy that you used there, right? We put our faith in all these things, but when do we put our faith on the Creator and His ability that He's created inside of us? When do we put faith in that, you know? So that's, wow, thank you for that. It's a powerful answer. Dr. Jackson, I want to go to you for this one. So... 
Dr. Jackson, I know you have spoken extensively on the subject of spiritual warfare. I mean, just a lot of the teachings that I have observed for you in the times that you and I were together physically, it, it exposed me to a lot of what I was not aware of. I mean, we're facing all kinds of different things right now in this season that we're in and this day and time, whether that be a season of growth or a season of what we call pruning, right? We've defined a few terms earlier as we dived into the broadcast, but mm -hmm. could you explain from your purpose, from, from, from your perspective, what is spiritual warfare? Wow, that, that's a big that's a big question, and I imagine you want me to answer that in a short time. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the idea, one, before we do that side of it, is even as believers, uh, we talk spiritual warfare, we talk about, you know, uh, another side, we talk about a spiritual ram. The challenge is, and this is the trick of the enemy, the challenge is we talk about spiritual warfare, but we many times live as skeptics that we talk about it. We talk about the idea, but we haven't really embraced the reality that there is a real war going on that we're caught in between because in reality although we're in this fleshly body we're really not from here you know we're souls we're spirits and and we're going to be caught up in another body at some point but while we're in this form man um there is a fight that that divides us spiritual warfare paul would put it this way we're not fighting against each other he would say flesh and blood. We're not fighting against mankind. We're fighting against principalities right. and powers, two ranks of demonic spirits against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. That's right. Uh, that's a real thing. Um, if it's not real, then why do we complain about struggling? Ooh. And one of the things that Dr. Miller always talks about, she says, you know, don't be bitter. Be better. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so Go Keep going. Well, it's 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 something. Everything that we do, a spirit is being pleased. If we do something well, there's a spirit that's going to be pleased. There are going to be some spirits that's displeased. When we do something not so well, there are spirits that are pleased with that. There are spirits that's not going to be pleased. Um, the warfare, it becomes a spiritual warfare more so of an attack when we declare that we're on the side of Yahweh. When we make that position, you know, through baptism, which is a declaration of war, that I declare myself to be a citizen of the kingdom, that's when that war takes on different form. When you're not part of that kingdom, the war is still there, but you're on a different train. And you may say things like, well, I don't have a lot of trouble with the devil. I don't have a lot of trouble with evil. I don't have a trouble, a lot of trouble with, with those kinds of things. Somebody told me a long time ago, it's hard to catch a train you already own. Ooh. Wow. The fight becomes real when you decide to switch sides. Mm. And how do you identify that? So you mentioned, you know, that train. How do you identify that? <laughs> Brother Nakia, um, identify which train you're on. Well, you know, not even the train, but how do you identify that you in the, are in the middle of, you know, taking two trains? <laughs> You're in the middle of a decision well, that's making that. How do you identify that? Yeah. Oftentimes what we have is 
can I can I build a, a person real quick? Please do, please do. Um, what what happens is in, in, in every encounter, human encounter, uh, we all bring at least six things to every human encounterance. Um, on the latter part, it is we think, we feel, behave, right? We have a thinking system, we have a, a feeling a pattern, we have a belief system. I think what I think, it gives birth to my feelings. My feelings give birth to my emotions. If you walk that backwards, you're going to get all six. I, 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 my behavior, I do what I do because I feel what I feel. You see how that works? I feel what I feel because I think yeah. the way I think. I think the way I think because I believe what I believe. I believe what I believe because of my experiences. My experiences are born out of my environment. So everybody that we come in contact with has an environment, experience, a belief system, thinking, emotions, and behavior. And all of that is being shaped by forces that are beyond our control. You didn't get to choose your environment, but you get to choose how you respond to it. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank, thank you for, the, for that response. Because I think it's important that we identify that, right? When we identify the circumstances and situations, when we make that declaration that you mentioned earlier, right? And we declare that we're going to do a righteous thing or we're going to move forward for, you know, as you mentioned, Yahweh, we're going to move forward in the presence of the Most High. When we're going to make that declaration, we have to understand that that moment is a moment where we began what we call that spiritual warfare. Now, Absolutely. other people are dealing with that. How how do we how do we understand what you just given us in the perspective of seeing other people deal with that? The people that we we, you know, we interact with. I think the first the challenge is one getting people on board to accept the idea that spiritual warfare is real. We talk in circles um, that we believe it, but when we confront somebody that has the manifestation or the appearance that their thinking process may be impaired, uh, we want to explain in a way very naturally. But it may not be as natural as we think. But if we're just in love with the idea that spiritual warfare is real and haven't embraced its reality, we will even explain spiritual warfare behavior in natural terms, and we're still missing it. So the idea would be connect with people that embrace the reality that this war is real. Then let's team up together to address it because if we're not talking about the same thing, we're talking, we may have the same conversation, but we're not talking about the same thing. Yes, sir. You got it. You got it. Apples to oranges, right? And, and I the think, feel, and behave. So, Dr. Richburg, as I go to you on this question, man, look, we, we've had so much dialogue about what Dr. Jackson just mentioned there. And even Dr. Miller, in some of her episodes, she talked a lot about those concepts that that of how to overcome that thinking process, the process of what you're thinking in your mind. Dr. Richburg, I have this for you. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know we've discussed this several times, but recently you've talked about one righteousness as well as truth in your services. Now, you even spoke this past Sunday about birthrights and knowing your true identity. You talked about the fact that we're in a season of identity crisis as well in a recent broadcast. Give us your perspective of who the people of God are so the people that are listening right now can help us to identify that. Awesome. That's that that is also uh <laughs> multiple questions all in one and we we're, we're going to uh 
<laughs> we're, we're going to extrapolate, if I will. So, you, you know, let me start here. Um, Dr. Miller, she explained how they have the, the projects going that, that, first of all, deal with the, the psychological behavior. And then Dr. Jackson, he, he came in and he said, hey, listen, you're feeling your behavior, right? All of those things is, is, is saying something to identify what it is. Uh, yes, we do have to come to the table to talk the same message or not just have dialogue about, okay, I see someone manifesting. What do we do about this? How does that look? Um, but it also brings us back to there's a, a, a common saying, and, and you know what I'm about to say is like, who told you? So when you get into that, you would be in an identity crisis when you don't really know your true birthright or where you come from or the creator himself who created each and every one of us. So even as believers, who we are, we are children of the most high God. And if we all can agree on that and have a dialogue concerning that to say, hey, listen, if we know who we are, we can come together and be bonded together, as we say, in the spirit of the bond of peace and unity so that we can help others identify who they really are in the creator. So the, the reason is he, he talked about the behavior in your field. I say it like this, uh, even Dr. Miller, you behave like you believe and you believe like you've been told. So the question is, who told you? Okay. So, but if we back this all the way up from the beginning of creation, uh, when the creator came to look for Adam and Eve, he asked him a question. Well, first of all, where are you? To identify the place that you're in. And the second question, he said, well, who told you that you were naked? Mm -hmm. So in this life, we have to, as people of God, because of who we are, we have already identified where we are. Okay, yeah. we know where we are. We are in that secret place. We're we're with the Most High. We are we are in the realm of the kingdom, or, or, or the realm of of rulership, the government of God, and that's where we operate from. Because now we see the spiritual activity or the spiritual warfare. We see the the mental states of people, and we're here to provide a solution to help them identify themselves to get out of the situation that they're in or circumstance, whatever it may be. So when we come together, this is who we are. So now when you get to the point of who told you, all of us, we know something. And the only way that we know something is someone told us, we saw it on media, uh, you know, we got impacted by our, our families, our culture, um, geographical locations, uh, you, you know, or by somebody's behavior because it's not all the time physically somebody telling you something, but it could be by their behavior. Because if you, if I'll put it like this. I gave the example the other day. I say, when, when we were younger, if our parents gave us that look, their look, if they looked at us in a certain way, you it knew. was almost automatic that we knew that, hey, we now know that they mean business and I need to get everything in order or get it right. Okay. But have we ever been looking for the look of God <laughs> when he looks at us to say, hey, he's giving me that look. I need to get I need to get this thing right. So but the thing was, 
we identify with our uh, parents or our guardians or however we were raised and we understood like, wait a minute, okay, I know there's something going on and I need to adjust accordingly. Now, the world is off balance because they have not adjusted accordingly because they don't they can't even identify that first of all there is a creator of all things you know because they've been told other things by behaviors they've been told other things by by uh, uh different uh manuscripts readings uh, of different things that come along the way to to get you down another path that you shouldn't go and then people say well what is really the truth you know, and that's where the argument comes in. And then it brings apologetics. And then we got to defend the faith, which we are going to do as believers and make sure that we bring it to the table and discuss the issues that nobody else wants to identify or talk about. That's a problem. So, but if we're here and we stand strong, guess what? Check this out. Anything you hear loud enough and long enough, you'll believe it, even if it's a lie. So we're, why are we not speaking up the truth loud enough and long enough? Because guess what? We go 20, 30, 40 years and then it die out and you wait for a new generation to take over to kick this thing back off again. Why, you, you think about it. Mm -hmm. Identity was lost. Why, why, how come that we, we lost the will of God and man from the very beginning? And then now religion comes in and separates everything along the way now. Instead of getting back to the original intent of God. In other words, we, we, we lost revival, you know, say revival and Azuzu and all of these things that have been happening through the quarters of time, but there was like little blips. It was seasons or, or, or things on the timeline. But why is it not progressing or going to what God wants to do? Because if he say he is greater in us than he that's in the world, and now we know that he that's in the world is the opposition of that spiritual warfare, and we on the right train, as Dr. Jackson spoke, then what do we do? How do we say, hey, you're on the wrong train, buddy, or you're in between between trains and one goes fast and other is going to split you up or what is going to happen with you? And now we got to have fixed identity crisis. Man, and the only identity. way to do that is by overstanding word, the podcast of what we're doing now, to speak loud mm. enough and long enough to speak the truth because no one can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. And that's what we're here doing today. Uh, hopefully that was good synopsis of what you were asking. <laughs> Man, look, if I had a mic, I would drop it right now. Just let it drop. <laughs> Man, that identity crisis that you talked about, you know, us identifying our true, our true identity and understanding that we are a chosen people. We are a people chosen for this purpose. We are chosen for resilience. I mean, we've got all of these things going on in the land. Dr. Miller mentioned earlier that we've got a pestilence that's plaguing the land. You know, she talked about some of the work that they've been doing in the island since that point, you know, and how it's changed or adapted and those types of things. And every single person that I saw her have an impact with there was a transformation in their life from when she came into their life to when she ended their journey that they took on the Vallejo experience and that's one of the one of the things that really in particularly just it, it resonated in my heart uh and what dr miller is doing that so so i'm gonna throw this question out there for 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 you again dr richberg what must change in order for us to find our true identity First of all, the change has to come in the individual and the understanding, uh, because that is the principal thing to have an understanding. 
Uh, and the understanding is only going to come by a person that is already open to receive what truth is. Remember, there were some that they had hard hearts or stiff necks, and they didn't want to hear the truth. But in so order Moses for Moses called them, yeah. In order for true transformation to come, one must be able to receive what truth is, and when truth is being presented. Now, most people know when truth comes because when truth comes, you know you can't do nothing against it, but only for it. But people oftentimes run from it. So, but yeah. in order for this transformation to happen, people have to first of all come to understand it and receive the truth and then take it and run with it. But it takes See. us as a people to be there to guide them, to hold their hands, just like Dr. Miller said, let's let's help them, let's guide them. Dr. Jack said, Hey, I'm a people person, I gotta mm -hmm. make sure I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you right where you are, and I'm gonna have patience with you and walk you through. And that's that's the only that those factors and those characteristics come from passion and compassion of mankind and our fellow brothers and sisters. So that's the first thing that should change. In order yeah, to man, we have truly got to get back to truth. I mean, as we think about the times that we're in right now, right, we enter what we call the holiday season of time. Right. What are we doing to prepare ourselves to really journey for God and do a good work unto the Lord. You know, as you mentioned, you know, we can't do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. That's in Corinthians, right? And so I think it's important that as we shift our conversation and we continue down the road, that we keep those things in mind. You must first identify where you are. As you're listening to this conversation, I need you to find yourself in this conversation right now and be honest. It is through truth that God reveals himself. And so be honest with where you are along that journey. I mean, I think every one of us can can say and agree that we have had some things to transpire in our own personal lives, that there have been some things that we may have done. But guess what? They called Moses a murderer, did they not? And guess what? He was chosen. He was chosen with a purpose in mind to do what? To lead out my lost sheep, my people, to lead them into a place. And so that is what this conversation is fostering. We are fostering a leading out of the people, leading them out of what the world has told them to identify themselves with and leading them into what God says about you. As he said with Job, Job is my servant. He is worthy. So you have to understand that you also are worthy of what God has placed around you when he's placed on your path and the journey that you're on it is not in vain that you journey forward it is with purpose that you journey forward so let's i want to shift the focus here and talk a little bit about purpose we've talked about it several times it has come up and i want to throw this question out there maybe each one of you want to respond but i want to have this to be an open platform question itself for this but when did you first learn about your purpose from the creator? Throwing it out there to anybody. Uh, I'll take a shot at it. Um, and then that way I get off the hook right away. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, you know, what became very obvious for me, uh, Brother Nakia, is every time I wanted to do something different, this drawback to people kept popping up. 
um, I would go a different direction and somehow I would still end up. I used to, um, long ago when I was doing my undergrad work, I used to be a network design engineer. Um, I used to go around to different companies and install network systems. Now think about this. <laughs> I'm designing network systems, but while I'm there, I kept finding myself in different companies in their uh, HR department, helping to mediate between departments that didn't get along. I'm an wow. engineer, but because they were talking with me through their own problems, they would ask me to come in and sit and see if I could negotiate. Those two things don't go together. <laughs> Network engineering, <laughs> behavior, and negotiation. I would leave that. I would go do travel and whatever I end up doing, man, I would always end up finding myself back in the business of people. And so then I had to give serious thought about that to say, okay, what is this about? And when I opened myself to it, it became clear for me that real purpose, you can run for a long time. It's going to hunt you down. <laughs> it's going to hunt you down and you can fight it. It just makes it longer. But if you can embrace it, you can get further much faster. Much faster, man. You say when you embrace it, you can get there much faster. And I think that's a place where we've got to get people to is truly identifying that you have a purpose. First off, you need to declare and understand and know that you have a purpose. God wouldn't have you here upon this earth if you didn't have a purpose. So we've got to really, truly start the process of identifying what said purpose is. You said it kept leading you back. Every time you go, you're here, you're here, here you are working on a network. You're installing a network system. But now all of a sudden you got to deal with people. <laughs> so that is interesting. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that. Purpose. Dr. Dr. Miller? So I think for me, I, I usually tell persons that I believe... I was divinely chosen for my profession and not that I actually chose it on my own. So from ever since I knew myself, persons would come to me, even as a child, to talk about certain things that they're going through. And one of the things about myself is that, you know, growing up, I spend a lot of time with the elders. I like to be around older people because I feel that's where you gather wisdom. That's where you learn from experience. And because of that, I always had what they considered to be a very old mind. So from a young age, persons will think, well, okay, you don't speak like a, a, a child, or you don't speak like a young person because of some of the things that I would have learned from the people I associate with. So I always had a knack for listening and understanding people. And I believe that's where the Lord directed me. One of the things about purpose for me is that when I fully understood um, what God wanted on his earth, meaning that we were created to be his hands and feet, pretty much. So we are supposed to be a representation of him. And by virtue of that, whatever you do should always go back to giving God glory. So for me, anything that I do, I see it as being purposeful because I want to make sure in the end of it all that God is going to be glorified. So even if it is something as simple as um, walking the street and smiling at someone, that to me is purposeful. 
because yeah, I know. believe that there is an alignment every single time when you're a child of God and we say that I want you to order my steps that I believe that every encounter that is God allowing certain things to happen for a reason the sad reality is however there are times when in our own human nature we get tired we I, I don't want to be the 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 good one today i don't want to be the strong one i don't want to be the one that has the reasoning and to do all of these things that we consider sometimes like why should i always be the one standing and being the what do we say in st vincent um it's pretty much that you are the goody two shoes so sometimes you pretty much want to just simply say you know i don't care i don't care and at that point, that little voice comes and reminds me pretty much that you're not your own. You're not the boss of you. There is someone higher. And when I connect with what God wants me to do, that's where I find purpose. That's where I find benefit. That's where I find peace. And there's a contentment that comes when you know that you're walking the path that God has outlined for you. Wow. wow. So so much to unpack in, in that response. Thank you for sharing that as well. And, you know, just knowing that we are created as a creation to glorify our creator, right? So, oh my goodness. So that piece right there is, that's the bare basics. Understanding that bare basic right there allows for us to be able to truly start to walk in that. Like you mentioned, look, I went into the dentist a little bit earlier to get my teeth clean. Hopefully, hopefully my, my teeth were at least looking a little bit decent today. And um, the lady who I got was a, was a brand new lady. And, you know, just the smile, you never know what kind of weight a person is carrying. And it goes back to the concept and the principle that I talked about earlier, right? We should treat others how they should be, how they should be treated, right? We should treat them as we want to be treated. And if we do that, that simple smile is enough to change someone's experience. Wow. Dr. Richburg, what about you? Purpose. Oh, purpose. You know, Dr. Jackson, Dr. Miller, Brother Nakia, I was the one that ran from purpose. And, and I extended <laughs> the time. And it hunted me down. Um, and, and when I found out that I, I had... I had to answer to purpose was um, I was on one of my last tours and before heading to Iraq, uh, I threw the towel in and, uh, and I said, God, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to deal with people because they don't know who they are and they don't identify and I'm wasting my time. And uh, I was in my tent in the middle of the desert in uh, Afghan, Kuwait, and uh and I went with a unit that no one knew. So someone came in the tent and they said, hey, they're looking for you at the chapel. And I'm like, who? Who's looking for me at the chapel? That's strange. I know any, I don't know anybody here. And he was like, well, we think you need to go over there. So I got on all my gear and I went through the sandbar and I got in the chapel. And the chief looks at me and he says, hey, you're going to say a word for us for New Year's Eve before we cross over the line to go into Iraq to go into battle. And I was like, who, me? He said, yeah, your reputation precedes you. We know who you are. And I and I asked one question. I said, do the Lord say so? He said, yes, the Lord said it's you. And I'm like, okay, you got me, God. So the Lord arrested me in a tent 
and have John Kuwait and to say you will fulfill your purpose. And uh, I'm telling you, that's when I realized. But the, the truth of the matter is, if, if I hadn't did that, I know that things would be a little different. And by answering that call, I was able to work with others to start the very first revival inside of Tikrit, Iraq. Uh, many souls uh, were were saved. Many souls were given to our Lord. Uh, the impact that was made. When purpose comes, you, you begin to understand one thing. You get committed to it. Uh, and I'll say this. That that you are committed to, which is your purpose, you will prepare for. So that which you are committed to, you will prepare for. So it is always a daily preparation for the commitment that I know that we all have for our creator to live as kingdom citizens. And that's how we fulfill our purpose, by fulfilling that commitment and making preparation every day because of the commitment. And we're committed to it. Yeah. So it is a commitment, right? Man, you know, being out in those deserts, I'm sure uh, there was a lot that was going on that, you know, stuff that, that, that you know, you probably can't even speak on it to this day, man. But to know that God is still searching after us, no matter how far we wander away from that path, as soon as we take one step, one ounce of energy going towards him, he is right there waiting for us. With the joy, as it speaks of, the scripture speaks of the prodigal son, right? He received them back with open arms. And, you know, even people sometimes will get jealous that you've been found. <laughs> they will get jealous that you've been found. But to bring you back to that place to truly find purpose and then you commit to that purpose. That is what we truly talk about and discuss on an Overstanding Word podcast is your level of commitment to your purpose today, whatever that purpose happens to be. He's created every one of us uniquely, wonderfully beautiful in his image and given us all different abilities. So if he's given us that, those abilities, whatever that happens to be, you've seen on this call today, whether it be Dr. Miller and what she's doing with her community, whether it be Dr. Jackson and what he has done over the 20 plus years of time that he spent doing what he's doing. Whether it be, you know, in a tent out over in the desert. <laughs> when you come into that purpose and you commit to it, there is nothing the enemy can do against you. So, oh my goodness. So that being said, I want to talk a little bit about the times that we're in right now. Uh, you've seen that people have not seen or recognized their purpose in today's times. You've seen people that struggle with being able to identify themselves as anything other than wonderfully, beautifully, majestically created in the image and likeness of their creator. What role does that struggle that we have with identifying ourselves and our purpose that it may be glorifying to our creator? What role does that struggle have and what we see transpiring in the world today. And that's out there for anybody.
I'm going to get off the hook real quick. Brother Nakia, um, conversations don't start off as arguments. They start off as conversations. Um, and then when we begin to disagree, we end up in conflict. There you go. Um, conflict can be healthy if we're trying to address it with understanding. Uh, but when inside conflict, people begin to take positions, that's when we end up in an argument. Arguments are the result of you taking a position to be right. And if it's a position to be right, then it means somebody has to be wrong. The distraction is to help you get to a point to see you the way God sees you. A couple of things have to happen. One, I have to be patient enough to allow you to have those conversations that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, because until we can talk on the same basis, use the same source, use the same reference, we can go at it for a long time. But if our source is not the same, the topic is the same, but we're not having the same conversation. So trying to convince you Mm. to be a citizen of the kingdom and you are convinced there is no kingdom I got to first get you to appreciate the idea or reconsider, but to fuss at you while you're still using something different, we're we're spending time. Look look at it like this, even from a biblical perspective, you'll never find Jesus fuss with the Pharisees. I mean, or or plead with them in the sense of, hey guys, come on, give me a chance, try it out. What he would do is he he would confront them with their made up minds and walk away. He didn't fight with them to try to change their minds. He spent his time with people who were open. Nicodemus. And and he had, and this is the hard part. Jesus said at some point, when people have made up their mind, it's not you that they're rejecting, it's it's God that they're rejecting. That's right. We have to learn how to shake the dust off our feet. That's right. You know, when you find out that that they've made up their mind and they don't want what you're offering... You can't sell a person that won't be sold. And you can't spend a whole lot of time trying to convince people who refuse to be convinced. When we can discern that, we won't fight the distraction. The distraction of the enemy is to give permission and a license to do what you want to do. When I bring you an alternative of some form of truth, if you refuse that, it's not my truth that you're refusing. You're not rejecting me. That's right. You follow that? Uh, so our role is to present it in a way that's loving, that can be received, but you still have to choose to receive it. Sorry. Yeah. At the end of the day, everybody has a choice. And, you know, as you look at what's transpiring in the world today, you know, with the choices that are being made and things like that, we all have a choice. So you mentioned the right and wrong, right? Okay. And you have to have a solid grounding on that. Where, where do we get that grounding from? Of the right and wrong. That's it. Yeah. Um, man, that's layers. That's layers. Again, that's part of that, just from a human behavior perspective, is going to be your environment. Um, right and wrong has a sense, but even in the household that you grew up in, um, and that could be community. Was right and wrong in your house, just two houses down, could be something very different. Yeah. Uh, so when you talk about truths or universal truths, 
the difference, the difference between us and someone that uh, believes, the difference between us and somebody that believes in a, a, a total different system um, is where you're born, man. You know, um, take, take Afghanistan. You know, the difference between them and us is just where we were born initially. And when you were born there, it set a foundation of some things that are going to Same. begin to write on your canvas. So I can't assume from a westernized perspective that everybody yeah. sees the world or have my worldview. I have to be patient enough to understand the worldview and see how do we align those things so we can walk together and have a similar conversation. You know, it's kind yeah. of like it's kind of like trying to read the Bible in the Old Testament and understand it from their biblical worldview and have no idea about Mesopotamian culture. Oof. Oof. Those guys come from Mesopotamia. So you cannot separate, you know, why would Moses have this struggle when he's talking to Yahweh at the burning bush mm -hmm. when he says, well, if I go to the people, they're going to ask me what your name is. What do you want me to what tell, I tell them? them? Right. It's not, it's not. Think about it the man was educated in Egyptian culture. He knew about all the gods and all of them have names. So when I go back, I need to have a name for you so they can identify you. Because not only that, Moses, who's a Hebrew, don't even know the name or he wouldn't have asked a question. You know, what's your name? I, because he's using Egyptian mindset, That's and right. God is using this time in this wilderness to strip that stuff off of him. It doesn't beat him; he takes time to get it out of it. Two different worldviews, uh, and our job is just because we're maybe in the same place doesn't mean we have the same worldview. Yeah. And we have to be able to take time to understand what a person is bringing. Take time to understand what we're bringing, so we can align those things as opposed to demonize when they disagree. And Dr. Miller, how do you do that? How are you doing that specifically with your work through the Vallejo experience? Because I've seen, I've seen what Dr. Jackson is describing right now take place in some of the testimonies that have, that have been on your platform. How are you doing that? Okay, you know what? One of the things I say to persons all the time is that you have to figure out what the truth is. And one of the distinctions we have to make is that what may be a fact may not be true. And we tend to always think that facts are truths. But the fact is, like take for instance that we say, um, the fact is that Eve was tempted by the serpent to eat the fruit. And one of the, the, the parts of that temptation is to say that you will be able to discern good and evil. You'll be like God. But that's not the truth. The truth is that Eve would have never been able to understand the world as God would have. So truth brings in a level of context. I think what has been happening too often as it relates to how persons identify 
themselves identify as Christians, identify as either being whatever denomination and all of these different things, is that we are seeking to identify to a particular construct that sometimes is separate from what God has outlined biblically. So we have to connect to the absolutes. What are the absolutes? Because everything has become relative. Everything is pretty much relative. And because of that, there are a lot of subtleties that have been um, basically seeping into our mindset. And, you know, like take for instance, you know, we, and this is probably going to just simply ruffle feathers right now. So sorry, let me apologize for the feather that is going to be ruffled. <laughs> hey, ruffle hey, a few. Sometimes, Sometimes we, we need that to happen. Come on. Come on. Like, we have to get to the point of calling sin, sin. And the point is, let's talk about homosexuality just for one minute. One second. The fact is, would we say that God does not love the homosexual? Never say that. But then we look at sin being sin, or what is considered to be sin. Now the thing is, when we think about how society has now um, created subtle messages by identifying homosexuality as being gay. When I grew up, understanding gay is you're happy. Uh -huh. you're right. You know, it's, it's a lovely place to be. So now that identifier as someone who is now interested in the same sex <laughs> from a sexual standpoint, it's gay. It's a happy place. A lot of persons gravitate towards that. We have a lot of teenagers now in my country who are battling in terms of their sexual identity. And a lot of different things, you know, they would say that I feel this way, but I'm not sure if this is a sustained feeling. And there are a lot of things that we have to really break through. We have to get down into the crux of it so that persons can fully grasp and understand. At the end of the day, who are we serving? The Bible says that the Lord wants us to serve him in spirit and in truth. We need to figure out the biblical truth. We need to figure out the godly truth. Understanding that all the worldviews are going to be different for different reasons. Socialization is such that my experience is not going to be Dr. Jackson's or Dr. Richburg or even Unikia. But the point is, at the end of the day, there are certain fundamental things that across whatever worldview should stand as we are connected to God. Because I am your sister, you are my brother, and we are serving the one God. So therefore, there should be certain precepts that regardless to what should hold through. And one of, that, one of that precept is love your brother as you love yourself, love your neighbor. Okay, and when we truly love and we understand what love is about, then there are a lot of different things, those arguments, those conflicts that could be avoided because we go about it just as we were taught as kids. What would Jesus do? If we really start putting that before us, what would Jesus do in this moment, in this minute? Our reaction sometimes would be so much different. But one of the things that messes up your identity as well is comparison. Comparison yes. is a thief of joy. We look at persons and I want to be like him. I want to preach like um, Dr. Richburg. I want to be able to break down the world like Dr. Jackson. But God has brought you into a space that he has equipped you 
and it may not be at that level but you have excellence in your space utilize that excellence and do not seek to perfect to have that perfection that sometimes can be so elusive and i tell persons okay. use what's in your hand at the end of the day when moses got before the red sea with the children of israel it looked like all hope was gone what did jesus say what's in your hand your gifting shall make me uh -huh. for you find out what's in your hand it's not what is in someone else's hand god is going to use the gift inside of you whether it is in your mind perfected or not he's going to use it and he's going to make something beautiful out of it and he's going to transform transform lives through you as you humble yourself and surrender to the power and will of god uh, thank you so much there's there's a lot to unpack there see we must get to the point where we can recognize the things that are separating us you mentioned the nature in which God created us. He created us out of a nature that is beautiful and wonderful in his sight. He created us for a set way, a set purpose that he has for us. And so we've got to get away from all these ism and schisms and all the different things that we've done as humanity to separate us from the creator himself. Wow. Thank you for that. And I think it's important, like you mentioned, the context of life. The context in which we take things or things happen within our life, we have to understand that. Just like right now, we're meeting each other in a certain dispensation of time. God is allowing for us to transpire a conversation that is truly fulfilling his purpose. And by allowing that, we're only meeting in a context. You guys have a, a full rest of your week and a rest of your day that you've already been through and what you're going to go through, Lord willing. That is context. And so we have to understand the context of where we are in time. So that being said, Dr. Richburg, this question is for you. Where would you say we are according to, you know, all the things that we see going on around us in this dispensation of time? Well, first of all, it's what we are is is really a culmination of everything that we have been uh discussing forth uh to the point of uh what Dr. Miller is saying, you know, we have to make sure to call sin sin what it is. And also uh from what Dr. Jackson's saying, listen, let's start the conversation. But if it if it looks like it's gonna go into conflict mm -hmm. and cause an argument and then bring separation, then we need to be discerning of that. So we're in the times now that I believe that we have to discern uh, where we are and to identify who others are uh, very quickly in our environment because it all goes back to, like I said before, who told you? So uh, in this dispensation of time, the question would be is where are you and who told you? You know, so we have to answer those questions in order to move forward, in order to... Uh, go through these times or you know whatever people may want to call yeah. it like we know that the end is near we we know the signs of the times we know the prophecies but the real question is what are we doing and and, and you ask the question what is mankind doing in each one of us every single moment and every day that's why i said earlier that that you're committed to you're preparing for so in other words we prepare every day to fulfill what God has given us in this day, because 
we can call times times and guess what if we stay in the realm of being a kingdom citizen mm -hmm. we go beyond the realm of time even though we've been right. placed in time we operate from a realm called eternity that's right so from eternity times past to eternity times future to eternity times present is where we operate from so like you said when we have this conversation uh, if it looks like it's leading somewhere else, then we have to identify where people are and be patient enough to allow them to come to the understanding mm -hmm. and and to have enough patience and grace and compassion and compassion on them to understand their view may not be our view. That's right. And if it's not our view, even though we're holding the view of truth, we have to allow them to come into the truth, right? That means, otherwise, Paul wouldn't say that I might know him and the power <laughs> of, you know, a knowing is a different thing. So that means that, let me just say at large, we're in the times where people are in expectation of something. There okay? you go. But what are they calling that something? It could be a multiple facet of things, but we're not going to say what their expectation is because we don't know. That's right. That's right. What they're expecting. But I would say this, we as kingdom citizens should be understanding enough that we're in a time of knowing. Because see, there's one thing to expect something. There's another thing to know what's really happening. That's it. So we have to stay in the realm of knowing. And even though you know, hear the word again, you can't expect someone else to know what you know that you know that you know. There you go. If I can say it like that. So, you know, I, I, I know that's that's a little, you know, a whole bunch of the same word, but it's true. You know, because it's, it's like, hey, the truth is the truth is the truth is the truth. Always the truth. So we're in the time of knowing. So God has released uh, information to us uh, by bringing us to yeah. level of understanding and knowing yeah. where we are. And also knowing that other people are still in expectation when there we know go. that we're already in it. So. Wow, thank you for sharing that as well. And, you know, even Abraham, he had to separate himself from his own family because he knew a thing. He knew a thing. He knew something. And even when he went to Lot and he said to Lot, hey, you know. This time we we got to separate the flocks. The lamb won't hold us both. You know what I mean? He knew a thing though. So it, it it is important to know where we are, to know your purpose, to know the times, or to be able to at least discern the times for you from your perspective. So let's do this. I want to shift this conversation to talking a little bit about solutions. So we, we've identified, we've had a conversation today, we've talked about faith, we've talked about righteousness, we've talked about a lot of different things that have transpired, the works that each one of you have got going on right now. Well, I want to talk about what we want to do going forward. Now, again, the scripture says that today presents us with enough troubles, right? Don't worry so much about tomorrow. But today presents us with enough trouble. So what are what are you, each one of you, and I'll take you the opportunity to allow you to answer to this. Let me start with Dr. Miller first, and then I'll go to you, Dr. Richburg, and then I'll come to you, Dr. Jackson, last. But what are you doing today in order to prepare 
for what God has for you in the future. Okay, that sounds like a very um, big question. <laughs> what am I doing now? I'm staying connected for one. It's very important right now because of the um, disconnect that has been caused by COVID, for instance, that's where I am. A lot of churches are not functioning the way they used to because we have to go to the virtual platform. And I think a lot of persons are getting complacent and comfortable in that area of saying that, you know, I don't need to really be around. I don't need to come into a physical church anymore. And we have to always remember the scripture that we should not deny assembling together because at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. So we need to be together so that we'll be able to support and, you know, really encourage each other and be accountable to someone as well. Because one of the things about how the, the lion prays, you know, pretty much the lion is going to make sure that the pack is um, spread apart and the vulnerable one would be the one that he um, directs his attention towards. So it's very important right now for as much as possible that we stay connected, stay connected yes, through sir. the word, reading the word, praying, connecting to God and listening because part of it is that we sometimes speak so much but we are not listening to what he's saying and we need to know the direction that he wants us to go um the other thing that i think is important in this time right now is for us to not be um in that space of compromise and be you know showing a level of double yeah. standard yeah. but we need to stand strong on what the word says and to know god for yourself because we are so easily misled by a lot of different theologians a lot of different prophets and apostles uh, emerging every day somebody wants something else and somebody has a word and one of the things i shy away from and persons come and they say to me you know what the lord said to tell you and, you know, I'm often at the point where I say, you know, what I spoke with God this morning. I spoke to him a while ago, you know, <laughs> he didn't reveal that to me. But, you know, I take what he said, but he will need to confirm it to That's me right. as well. So we have to be so careful not to just simply jump to every wind of yeah, doctrine. Yeah. But we have to test the spirit. We have to try the spirit. We have to test the word and go back to the foundation. And, you know, it is very important for us to understand that right now, throughout the world, fear has taken over. And fear and faith cannot exist. They, they do not coexist. It's one or the other. Yep, so we yep. have to now be able to help persons to chart that pathway where they understand the importance of facilitating and um, nurturing thoughts that are uplifting and positive, thoughts that are holding on to the faith that we have that God's hands can move and turn things around mm -hmm. um, and we just have to be committed every day is about consistency that's what I say you may not get it right all the time but be committed not to stop be committed right. to try even harder tomorrow so that be a better person for yourself not anyone else and as we, you know, we adapt that mindset and that way of doing things, then we are going to start seeing the change within ourselves. And then the beacon of light that we are 
will begin to shine out and dispel the darkness. That's how I look at it. Mm. Remaining connected. That's, a, you know, that's an awesome tip right there. So remaining connected to righteousness. Remaining connected to God. Because, like you said, you know, every wind, any little wind that blows through, we're, 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 here we are, we're attached to this, we're attached to that, we identify with that. So thank you for sharing your perspective on that. Dr. Jackson, let me go to you. Coming to me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. What are you doing today? Mm -hmm. To get to I'm that, talking, I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> give, give, give it to me, sir. Well, what are you doing today? You know that, that we we know this. We know that God has a purpose. He has a something that He is doing in these days and times. What are you doing today to continue to fulfill that in your life personally? Yeah. As it pertains to me as a person, I am, am being very purposeful aware of how I show up um, in an engagement, in a conversation. Um, because how you show up in a conversation sets the scene. It'll set a tone. You know, if you show up with attitude, it's going to set a tone. <laughs> If I show up, so how? So I'm taking the responsibility of, as it pertains to me, how I show up can set the tone of this conversation or this relationship. Um, I cannot own the behavior or the responses of grown people, but I can show up in a way that could help influence some of that. Uh, the other thing I am doing purposefully, Nakia, is is continuing to be open in my spirit. Um, you know, God may change the method in how he wants me to do what I'm doing. Um, and I need to be open to that and not resistant just because I've liked the approach that I get to choose in ministry now, or I like the approach or the level of effectiveness that I believe is happening with what he's allowing me to do. If he were to shift, you know, COVID-19 shifted that whole method. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I was accustomed to in my physical engagement, you know, uh -huh. came to look like this, you know, uh, seeing people through screens. Um, so you lose some things with that. So I'm still trying to be open in my spirit. And and while I'm doing that, and this is this is this is not to be trivial. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be open in my spirit and learning to be thankful in that state of being at the mm -hmm. same time, mm -hmm. as opposed to thanking God after he's done something. That's it. Many times we say thank you as the result of something. There you go. Uh, but God, you know, so when we talk about faith, you know, you know, my working definition is believing loyalty is I am loyal to you, whether it's in favor that you're doing something for me or not. I'm loyal to you. My faith is connected to you. I'm believing in you uh, even when it doesn't look well. Um, not you. I'm talking about God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but learning to stay thankful in the moment and not just waiting for God to do something and then me say thankful. 
a good friend of mine, Jamel Hamilton, describes it this way. He talks about when you when you say thank you at the end, or when you even thank God at the end, it's it's based upon Him doing something for you. Well, that's not being thankful to God if He has to perform before you say thank you. Right. It is thank you. What you and whether you get it or not, I'm thankful of who you are. But if the thank you only comes after you've done something, then you're just waiting and you're anticipating and you're not thankful until you get what you want. That puts God in the business of serving you as opposed to you serving God. Um, so I'm trying to stay thankful in the moment, in the midst of. And keeping my faith loyal to him, whether uh, he shows me favor or not. There you go. Wow, man. And that piece right there, and that's why I wanted to begin with prayer, because, you know, this we, we've had a tremendous conversation. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I've been tremendously blessed just to be a part of this conversation. And that's why I wanted to start it with thanking him for where, wherever he was going to allow this conversation to go. You, you see the power of what he's done already. So being humble enough to be thank you and say thank you in the moment. Allowing ourselves to be open in the spirit to do things in a different way, to operate from a place. It says constantly renew your mind. When? Daily. We've got to constantly be willing to renew our mind daily. We've got to become like a child, as the scripture says. And so... Whew, that's a reminder right there. Thank you for that, Dr. Jackson. And Dr. Richburg, let me go to you. In these times, these days that we have the pleasure of being in, right? What are you doing daily to, to, to bring yourself that much closer? I think I would say just very briefly on, on a daily basis, uh, definitely doing the practices of Everything that's been said uh, today, uh, most of all, is to keep a, a consciousness, you know, the, the, the conscience, the subliminal conscience of me to what I would call the conscience of now. So it's always now to keep the conscience intact because there's so many now? different things that are multifaceted happening in relationships in our homes mm-hmm. um, in the the news media in our communities in our ministries uh in our families extended families uh, uh you know if, if you have children the children in the schoolhouse um there's so many many different things in a day uh that can transpire but at the same token it's always I'm, I'm keeping my conscience pure. I'm, you know, when I daily renew the mind, it ain't just at the top of the morning, Lord, I renew my mind for the day and I'm out the door. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a moment by moment deal because you don't know what you're going to face. So, and, and even, you know, to be able to adjust, just, oh God, I mean, you know, I guess I'm the anchor on this right now, but everything y'all said, I'm connected to the chain that y'all built to bring the anchor. So that means that everything that, that, that you have said to anchor that is to say, yes, every day, just, just becoming aware and doing the things that you know that's right and true 
and also being aware of others and where they are. Because guess what? We in the world, but we're not of the world. But what does that take? It takes a conscious mind to recognize that. Because guess what? Some you how they say you could put a frog in the water and you start boiling and you won't never jump out. Is that right? So I mean, you just sit there until you just get boiled all the way. So the thing is, you could be in hot water and don't know it if your conscious mind is not clear. So um, it's really just having a conscious mind and and, yeah. and taking the conscious of now. Uh, and it's not spooky. It's just God's wisdom uh, yeah. to take because that's what he gives us uh, to operate in this realm, the manifold wisdom of God. So, you know, that's, that's what I take. That's what I do every day. You know, just Lord, your manifold wisdom every moment, every second. Because guess what? I can't do anything without oh. the creator. None of us can do anything without the creator. I don't care how much you act out, you know, and I don't care how much you know, how much you don't know. You, you get what I'm saying? So it, and a lot of times people's like, well, I, I, I got all this. And I'm like, well, you can have all that, but it doesn't make a difference if you don't understand the creator. So just to have a conscious mind and to really uh, be aware of uh, the environment of everything that's happening around us, because there's so many factors that all of us, and I can speak to that, that all of us on this line deal with on a daily basis, because we all have to make decisions every single yeah. day, almost moment by moment, if you will, you know, because I don't think any of us are just sitting around you know, on our rusty right. dusties, waiting on something or whatever, we're making decisions and we're making choices that will impact the lives of others. So every day, the conscious is to say, hey, listen, I'm making a conscious decision that will bring tangible results, tangible results and transformational results to the lives of others, not only my life, but the life of others. And that's on a daily basis. Who, what can I do today to help? Daily basis. So what are you going to do on a daily basis to be present in the moment? Wow, that's powerful, man. So you've, you've just heard it yourself. People that are listening to this, as you listen to this, please share this out because you have just received some great nuggets that you can apply. Every bit of it may not be for you, but guess what? There is something that you've listened to from these people of God that has provided some wisdom to help you to navigate the times that we're in right now. And we've truly talked about solutions. Now, as we get ready to wrap up a time here, I want to make sure to allow for the opportunity for each one of them to tell us where we can find them uh, as we get ready to bring this, this particular conversation to a close. So let me start with Dr. Miller. Where can we find you? And what do you want the people of God to know as we get ready to conclude today's conversation? God is able. I mean, in knowing God is to have hope. Knowing God is to have peace. And, you know, I often say I don't know how people do it without having a relationship with God. Because even, you know, we who call ourselves by as his children we have difficult days and there are days when sometimes we say we want to just you know pack it all in so i'm gonna say to anyone trust god and to you know get to know him get to have a relationship with him and he makes a difference in your life 
Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, the Vallejo Experience. On Facebook, on Instagram, it is Vallejo SVG. Or you can contact me at GiselleMiller at gmail.com. Um, my website is presently under construction because I'm making some changes. But that is www.valeoexperience.com. You can also find me at Renewed Resilience Life Coaching with Dr. Miller on Facebook as well. Excellent. Thank, Thank you so much, Dr. Miller, for that. Dr. Richburg, let me go to you. Where can Where people, can people find, you? find you? And what do you want to leave with? First of all, you can find me on Soul Price. Dot com. And, and that, that will provide, provide you information that you need to our uh, broadcast uh, that we have. And also, I just want to leave the people with this. What you are to be, you are now becoming. So my question is, what are you doing right now? So what you are to be, you are now becoming. So what are you doing right now? Wow, thank you for that. What you are to be, you are now becoming. As a result of you listening to this broadcast, you are now becoming a renewed creature. Mm, mm -mm. Thank you for that. And Dr. Jackson, let me go to you. Where can the people find you? And what do you want to leave them with tonight? Wow. Well, man, one, this has been a great conversation, and I appreciate the opportunity to spend this time with you, my friend Nakia, and two of the colleagues of mine, uh, Dr. Rich Byrne and Dr. Miller. I've enjoyed spending this time with you. Um, brother, that was a heavy statement you just made about what you're, <laughs> you're becoming. Um, and what it popped in my head is there's nothing in the caterpillar that tells you that's going to be a butterfly. There is, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? When you look at it, there's nothing to suggest that this thing is going to metamorphose into something else. Um, we're more than what we're going through, is what I heard. Um, well, thank you again. Uh, but you can find me, uh, email tjackson at jtinstitute.org. Uh, you can find the school, the Jackson Theological Institute at jtinstitute.org. And you can see a lot of the things that we do there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my personal account, Thomas Jackson, uh, JT Institute uh, Facebook page as well. Um, from a psychological, my private practice, you can find me jbag, that's J-B-A-G-L-L-C.com. That's my counseling website. Um, but this has been a great joy for me to spend this time tonight and hopefully the things that we've shared uh, could speak to somebody who's listening, um, who would watch this later if they're not watching live, uh, to, to help encourage that, you know, there's still hope that even in days where it looks dark in the middle of daytime, if we keep walking, there has to be sunlight somewhere. It is like the rain. When it's raining, keep walking, keep going, because in truth, it's not raining everywhere. It's raining where you are, but it's not raining everywhere. If you keep going somewhere, there is sunshine. Uh, so just keep pushing. Uh, and, and tonight might be a little dark, 
But if it's dark in your nighttime, here's what we know true. Morning has to come. For creation says evening and morning were the first day. So morning is coming. It may take a little while, but it's on the way. Wow, man. Super, super impactful, uh, impactful conversation that we've had tonight. Let me first off say thank you for the three of you. I cannot thank you enough for, one, trusting me to come onto my platform and to share this conversation, but the work that you're doing with the people. All I've heard all night long is a work of love, your dedication of love that you have put forward tonight on this platform does not go unnoticed. God has truly allowed a transformative conversation to transpire on the platform tonight. And I cannot thank him enough for what he has already done. But more importantly, what he is already doing in this moment, in this dispensation of time, as we have had an awesome conversation and dialogue tonight. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please check out each one of the individuals that we've had. Thank you to Dr. Thomas Jackson. Thank you to Dr. Thomas Richburg. And thank you to Dr. Giselle Miller. I will leave a link to all of their information as well in the description of this particular episode so that you can reach out to them on their respective platforms. But again, this has been an awesome community conversation and we want to bid you and bless you in the form of shalom, shalom, which means peace, peace to you that God would do a new work in you, in your life as you continue to journey wherever you are. Thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in.